0: Hi there, you're listening to What Are You Going To Do With That? I'm podcasting from Haifa, which is the third biggest city in Israel and also the center of two major universities. I'll be your host. My name is Dani, that is short for Daniel, and I usually introduce myself as half Israeli and half Dutch, hence my funny accent. Currently, I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Haifa and I'm affiliated with the Minerva Center for the Rule of Law Under Extreme Conditions. At the Minerva Center... I get to meet young researchers from all over the world, each with their own amazing story of how they got to where they are now. In these podcasts, I like to share their stories and their advice with you. Today's guest is Katharina Konarek. Katharina is a political scientist who's almost done, right? With the PhD, dissertation on German political foundations that are active in Israel and in the Palestinian territories. She's originally from Germany, whereabouts in Germany is that?
1: Well, uh, my family is now living in Stuttgart, but uh, I'm half German, half Austrian, so I consider myself European.
0: Just like me, half-half. All right. But you've also been to various countries for both your studies and work, most recently in Israel, of course, where you've been living for quite a few years now. Next to writing her PhD, Katarina is also working for the Haifa Center for German and European Studies, where she is the academic advisor for MA students and also organizes events such as conferences and colloquia on topics that are related to Germany and Europe. And I think this proves that she's very knowledgeable about the academic world and how it turns. So thank you, Katharina, for coming here and talk with us today. Let me welcome you like a proper host and pour you my signature
1: drink, which is Amaretto. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So it's a a totally European thing. We have like half-half Danny, half-half me and uh, Italian drink.
0: Exactly. A little bit of everything. It's really a shame that the listeners can't smell this drink, which is just beautiful, nor taste it for that matter. Okay.
1: Cheers. Cheers. How would you say in Dutch? Prost. Prost. Which is close to German. German. Okay. Exactly.
0: All right. There we go. I'd like to get to know you a bit better by a quick set of questions um, to which you could really give me a short answer. And if you're ready, there we I go. <laughs> what is your regular order at your coffee house?
1: Well, since I'm in Israel, uh, it will be hafug. Uh When I would be in uh, Austria, it would be a real nice espresso. But here sometimes you have the tendency to burn it. So here it's a Hafuch <laughs> a cappuccino.
0: All right. Very thought of and are you usually early or late
1: i'm late like before the time let's say like this so i'm coming 15 minutes before the time
0: what website do you visit most often
1: Mm, i think all the social media stuff uh if i like you know the phone sometimes gives you an answer where have you been the whole week on which like website so it would be like facebook and of course because it's related to my work it's our center's homepage like to visit it the most.
0: (laughs) All right. So mostly work related in this case. What's the farthest you've ever been away from home?
1: Um, The farthest, it would be either Brazil or South Korea. I mean, the philosophical question behind this is where is home, but I should answer (laughs) short and quickly. So it's either Brazil or South Korea where we have both like sister centers of our Haifa center here. And it was both also work related visits.
0: All right, but it's very nice that work got you over there. And what city would you most like to live in?
1: Mm, Very nice question. Uh, I like the city of Haifa, because for me, um, it first of all feels like home, but there are still a lot of things to discover. So it's a home with like uh, some treasures of adventure. Um, And I like a lot of like the European cities, so maybe the next city I like to live in is also to go back to the roots and then it would be Vienna.
0: All right, that sounds very nice. Thank you for sharing. All right, now I have a few questions that are really open questions for you, so you can take your time to answer those. Firstly, please tell us
1: how are you affiliated with the Minerva Center? So um I got to know the Minerva Center in a very early stage when I arrived here at the University of Haifa and I'm as you already nicely introduced me conducting my PhD at the Haifa Center for German European Studies uh which happened to have uh, the same head like the Minerva Center namely uh, Professor Eli Salzberger who's in the Faculty of Law and um he mentioned to me maybe you would also be a bit uh, open-minded academic, not sitting in your ivory tower and just discussing with the political scientists, but maybe you want also to come um, to the more legal side. So uh, this is how I met uh, the whole team of the Minerva Center and it became like a second home. Like They have different topics than our Haifa Center for German European Studies and I would say they offer a bigger room uh, for like um, PhD candidates in our center there in the time I started there I was the only PhD candidate and um, the Minerva Center I was also in touch with people who are like more senior in the academics and um they um, provided me with a lot of new topics that were very interesting for me and seeing also topics that I worked on from a political point of view, seeing them more from a legal point of view. So it was a good opportunity to learn more. So um, how I'm affiliated now, um, I'm part of the Young Researcher Forum where we meet like every second week, I would say. Um, It gives me a forum where I can present my research or where I have people to discuss like my new findings with and um, I join conferences if possible and we also do conferences sometimes together which is always a, a great pleasure at least for me. I hope for them too. I hope
0: so too but it seems like that from uh, what I've heard from other students in the same uh, young researchers forum. It's interesting that you say that through your connections you really got to uh different faculty really from political science to the law faculty where the minerva center is based in and it gave you more connections um also maybe some help with your phd looking into different methods or different ways of doing the research um and now actually i'll go back a little bit you said that you were the guinea pig right you were invited because you were the only phd student in your own center So you were given a chance to come to another center, but now there's a platform for it. And I'm thankful for that because I'm also part of that platform. Thanks for explaining that. And then the question is also really, how did you get here besides the Minerva Center that you've explained quite well already to the University of Haifa or maybe
1: any other affiliations that you have that link you to Haifa? OK, it's good that you uh, put this question in the long question frame, so I don't have to answer it in one word, because <laughs> as you can imagine, uh, all these kind of stories are long stories. So um, if we think back in time and then you can figure how old I am uh, around ten years ago, <laughs> when I was still in uh, the beginning of my master's degree, um, I was already studying uh, peace and conflict studies and I was very eager to go to New Delhi, to India. And I already got an internship there with the German political foundation. And then they wrote me a week before I was supposed to start. They wrote me a nice email saying, listen, the center or the foundation's office uh, is closed for a short time, but we want to uh, hand you in another offer. What about uh, changing New daily to Jerusalem? So I thought, well, wow, big
0: difference, big
1: difference. But I thought it's all in peace and conflict management. So Then I came to Jerusalem, so that was my first experience here in the country Um, and I got to know um, the research scene in Jerusalem. But it was quite obvious for me that I wouldn't stay there because it's, um, as you also might know, a very harsh environment um, politically, um, but also at the university there. So then um, I got recommended to my second supervisor, uh, who is now here in the University of Haifa, Professor Fania O'Salzberger. Salzberger. And um, the minute I entered the university here for a meeting with her, uh, it was a total different feeling. It was very homey, very warm, very welcoming and very like open-minded atmosphere. So um, this made it very clear for me that if I'm going for a PhD, in this place uh, there is no other place than haifa and no other place in haifa university because i'm coming also from a background where none of my family before was in the academia so um, i really appreciate the environment in haifa where you have the feeling you have a backup um, you have um, a space where you can try yourself and um especially in the Haifa Centre for German European Studies, like run by Professor Eli Salzberger and together also with Fanya Us Salzberger, I got a lot of support and um even being kind of the guinea pig, there were like two or three PhD students before, but no one really stayed for such a long time in Haifa. Um I got a lot of op- opportunities to just try myself and I found it very like um nice and interesting and very encouraging. So This is how I got here and this is maybe why I'm also still here.
0: All right, with us in between stop in Jerusalem that was. So how long did you
1: stay in Jerusalem for? So uh, in Jerusalem, um, um, I was like um, doing this kind of like internship in the office of a German political foundation like the Friedrich Ebert Foundation. And I decided in this time then, because I was writing my master thesis about um, the Fatah movement, um, to join also Birzeit University in Ramallah to do my research there and also partially at the Hebrew University. So all in all, I stayed there for almost two years to finish my master and to continue my first job appointment at uh, the Friedrich Ebert Foundation working for the Palestinian territories and for Gaza. And when you started
0: working there in Jerusalem you were already a bit introduced to the University of Haifa?
1: In this time no, the only memory i have from Haifa is actually very cute because i used to volunteer for a church organization and i had to organize a trip for three catholic bishops through uh, the whole country and they were really eager to go to Haifa and to meet the Bahá'í community so my first memories my first trip to Haifa was really the Bahá'í gardens and To get to introduce to this religion of Bahá'í that we in Germany don't really know a lot about it. And that was the first picture I have from Haifa. I think it's one of the most beautiful places in this city. You see? And the German colony and uh, the sea. But um, before I wasn't really in touch with the University of Haifa at all. So can you tell us a little bit about how you made that switch then from Jerusalem to Haifa? Well, there was a big gap in between the switch. It was not like uh, coming from Jerusalem to Haifa. But after two years, especially working um, in the Palestinian territories and in Razi, um, I decided to um, leave uh, the place because it was mentally obviously very heavy and you were like standing like you experience every day um, a lot of hard stuff and uh, what it means to live under an occupation. So I uh, left this place and I shifted to Poland, to Warsaw.
0: Wow, again, a very different place.
1: Yes, and I left uh, Jerusalem in September when it was still 30 degrees and sunshiny and I entered into a hard Polish winter in October with kind of like minus 20 degrees. Wow. So I used to work there also for a German political foundation, but this was more in the context of history, of like German-Polish history, and um, that was really different, Uh, also a good experience. But in this time, you have to imagine, I just finished my master's, and I was on my first job position. This was my second job position, and I wasn't even thinking about going for a PhD. I was feeling, okay, I try myself. I'm working in a political sphere, kind of a researcher. I'm also a member of a political party, so that was basically what I wanted to do. And, I
0: and this is what you also did your academic track with, right? You finished your MA in political science, and now you had a job in what you enjoy. So how come you left that to come
1: back to academia? Well, to be honest, the work in the German political foundation was very interesting, very challenging. But uh, after uh, one and a half years in Poland and learning a lot also about uh, European history, about German, um, Polish history, having a very nice uh, director of the office, uh, Knut Detlefsen, who was uh, really an inspiring person, also politically, I had the feeling that I want to go a bit back to dig deeper on topics and not to be on the surface. So I met my current first supervisor Steffen Stetter um, from the Bundeswehr University in Munich, uh, who was also working with us in this context of the political foundation, who's also a member of my party. And actually, I went back for a vacation in Jerusalem and I met him there in a bar. And he told me, listen, why don't you uh, go for a PhD? You have a lot of knowledge about the German political foundations. Um, you have a lot of knowledge in general also about the reason a region maybe it would be a good opportunity for you to again start dig deeper and
0: uh, here we are sounds like connections get you to the best places then
1: mm, I don't know if connections but I would say um, people and talking to people and being also open-minded for different uh, ways and not be like um, kind of like having one target but um, to say like the whole goal is to walk uh, different ways and to try new things. All right thank you for that.
0: So you've already spoken a little bit about the struggles that you've met on your way. You plan to go to India but you end up in Israel where you still are today with a break back in Europe and in Jerusalem. Um, can you tell us a little bit about struggles you faced during your PhD
1: yes of course um, I was aware of the fact and ex- actually uh, Stefan Stetter and also Fania O. Salzberger well prepared me for it that they said like you're coming from a field of working in a daily political business, and academia is different, so you need to train your patience, you have to understand that your results will not be like uh, current and like quickly, but you have to um, give it some time. So I remember the first year of the PhD, it was so strange for me that I'm writing just my proposal, I'm just preparing a table of content all over and all over again, and I'm sending it to Stefan, and he's saying, Ah, it's okay but you should again work on it and I was like no but I really want to start writing what's going on and I want to do my questions and my interviews and I want to get it done and I can finish it in two years and um, I can relate to that I think that was the first year struggle of uh, getting back into academia and also to understand sometimes good things like the good uh, amaretto we are drinking here needs some time to rest in a barrel to be closed and um, that's right yeah and this i would say is the biggest struggle and then of course um, if you're in a different country um, you feel there's so much to explore and uh, as a phd candidate you have also kind of a freedom and my two supervisors really gave me also the freedom to explore so then you have to be very self-disciplined to find the time and to say, now I'm sitting at home, I'm not seeing anyone, I'm not like uh, traveling around, but I'm sitting and really like writing and reading.
0: All right. And for our listeners who are from abroad, but studying in Israel, it might be interesting to hear what was hardest for you to get adjusted to when it comes to Haifa or Israel in particular? And what, on the other hand, do you enjoy most from living in this
1: different country? Okay, so we start with the negative and finish with the positive. Okay, so I think what was hard to, um, even though I come from uh, the field of uh, like working with politicians, I experienced the debating culture in in this country much harsher than in Europe. I remember the first time I introduced my thesis proposal at the Hebrew University as a guest, uh, as a young PhD candidate. And after five minutes, I was already interrupted by a male senior who's saying, basically what you're doing is bullshit. And I was really shocked and um, I was very happy that my supervisor, Fania O. Salzberger, was there in this moment and she kind of stopped him and told him, listen, take it easy, like let her finish and let her finish her sentences. So I would say hard here or very different is the way of debating that it's very normal that you are interrupted in the middle and that no one would give you the space to finish. Um, you can also twist it into something positive. You can be very sure that you receive very straightforward feedback here that people will not, even if um, you maybe have a good relation with them on a personal level, they will also tell you very honestly what they're thinking. Um, and you have to deal with it and you can take it also as something positive. So. Um, Maybe in Germany, like um supervisors would be a bit more soft and give you like nice hints, and here they would be very straightforward and really criticize you and if you understand that, it's not on a personal level, you can take also something positive out of it.
0: very good, thank you. So what do you enjoy the most in Israel? Well, it's a... Maybe it's the Baha'i gardens that you already <laughs> or <the> mentioned, <laughs> or the beach.
1: What do I enjoy the most? Okay, um, now I'm here for um, a certain amount of time. So, again, it feels more that I'm having a daily life here and there is um, less uh, that special things that I maybe that maybe I would have answered like two, three years ago the food. I really like the food. I like the sun. I like the sea. This is all very true. Um, What I like is uh, that people are really living. So, um, compared now, for example, to Germany, uh, where people are a lot more planned, um, but not living by the the current emotions that they are having. So you schedule things half a year ahead, but you cannot drop out an hour before because you simply just don't feel like And here. This is possible. So I feel I have a much bigger opportunity to really um, go by my emotions or by my feelings on the day. And um, this, I really enjoy here.
0: Great alright so we've talked about struggles and how you've overcome them but let's go more to the positive side like you were just saying what are your successes?
1: In in general or in the PhD?
0: Well that's also a good question because what makes it a success for you right?
1: Mm, I think one of the biggest successes is that I'm still here not not uh, on earth but uh, in this place in the University of Haifa um, especially as uh, non Jew uh, in this country and as a woman and in academia it's not that easy uh, to uh, hold your ground and to say hey I'm um, like I'm here I have also an opinion like as you could already imagine I worked in the Palestinian territories and I'm a social democrat by party membership so I also have very strong uh, political opinions and um, this is not so easy like I think I went to a lot of uh, harsh debates and fights here and I was often on that point where I would say well, why am I doing this why I'm still here like I should go back to Europe or to my home country where people might understand me better or they would listen to me more um, but I th- I see it as kind of a success um, that I'm still here I'm still debating And I feel much more comfortable or stronger. So I think I grew a lot and that would be something I couldn't have reached in Europe or staying in my comfort zone. So maybe this is a success that I made a lot of friends here, that I have really met my best, even European friends here. I wouldn't have met these people in Europe. So I think that's also a success.
0: Sounds like it. (laughs) All right, Um, talking about your success. Can you then say what your biggest academic achievement would be?
1: Yeah, that's, that's much easier to say um, because um, we just, um, together with my colleague Anna Abelmann, she's a historian, I'm a political scientist, but we are both researching on the work of the German Political Foundations. Um, we had the great pleasure to be introduced by uh, Professor uh, Amos Moritzreich, we just thought that we would be a magic couple together, academic-wise, which apparently we became or we figured out that we are. So we managed to conduct on our research topics um, a workshop here in Haifa. Uh, half a year later, a big conference in Germany, in Bochum. And um, from all these discussions, we managed to um, edit and publish a book that contains also uh, like several chapters that uh, We wrote by ourselves representing our PhD work and um, we presented the book in the beginning of 2019 and uh, we managed to get it published in the Springer Publishing House and I think that is for now the biggest success, something that was a long-standing project together with a good friend and something I really, really enjoyed doing also.
0: I'll drink to that, let's cheers. Ah, (laughs) We didn't drink for a long time, okay, we have to keep up. All right, so then one of the last questions actually is, what is your
1: next project? So um, you mentioned it in the very, very beginning. I'm supposed to hand in my PhD. I think um, when I now compare the beginning with the end, uh, it's both uh, kind of the same struggle. I think when you're in the middle of the PhD, you're in the flow and everything is good. And now it's time to tie up all the ends. To cut out a lot of things like uh, to let go of material which is very very hard so um and this is the next step and yeah i'm looking forward afterwards i'm already uh, teaching here i really enjoy teaching but i'm looking forward to um teach maybe also in germany and i can't promise you that i will stay forever in the academia because <laughs> uh, uh, it's kind of a circle of life. Maybe it's time to move on also to different projects. But yeah, the next big project is to tie up the ends, hand it in and to be a doctor.
0: All right, that brought us to the last question, which is the title of this podcast. What are
1: you going to do with that? Well, I was joking for a long time that uh, when I did my masters, I said, well, a master in political science, what I'm going to do about it? I become a very sophisticated taxi driver. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, thinking about what to do with a PhD in political science, you know, here you have this uh, restaurant that is called uh, Dr. Shakshuka or Dr. Pizza, maybe I'm going to open a pizza store or like a bakery, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I never did the PhD for the title, to be honest, I did it to um, research on one topic deeply and to understand one topic deeply, so I did it uh, mainly for myself. So. Um, As I said before, and um, as I tried to lay it out in this podcast, there's no one straight way in life, but there is a, a lot of ways that you can go to. And yeah, simply looking forward to tie it up and to look for new adventures and to be very open for anything that is coming after.
0: To wrap up, I would like to ask you another set of short questions that require short answers so what was the most important conference you've been to
1: wow you know academics are so bad with short questions but i try
0: um the most interesting you ask or most important most important to you so if that's interesting to you then
1: that's fine the most um, uh, important conference i would go by this year maybe uh was the one that we attended in brazil why because i think it gave me personally a totally different perspective on a topic that i think was uh, super eurocentric and um, it was presenting our topics on migration in a different in a south american context So i would say the summer school that we've been uh, in this october in porto alegre was one of the most important conferences in the last two years
0: nice and which scholarship was hardest to get
1: Oh, hardest to get was the first scholarship I got for my PhD. It was from my foundation and I had to run two different interviews and uh, had to wait for half a year. So that was the most hardest to get, but also the most prestigious because it was for three years and it really got me a good boost to start with my PhD.
0: Sounds very difficult. That's right. But worth it then. So what do you consider to be your best find?
1: Or maybe most interesting one. I think the best find of my research um, is uh, how much the German political foundation underestimate their role abroad, um, and that there is a big gap between how the partners see them and how they self define themselves.
0: Interesting. So you got something there. <laughs> and who has impressed you most with what they've accomplished?
1: Mm. Academically, um, it would be my two PhD supervisors, like uh, Fania o. Salzberger who is like an amazing person in general and um, also not just an academic, but she also knows how to talk and how to ground like topics and to explain them so that everyone can understand them. And um, also, my other PhD supervisor, who is um, still in Germany and he's teaching. Basically, at an army university, about peace and conflict studies. So, these are two very uh, amazing people. I think that accomplished academically a lot. And then the
0: very last question of today is: How do you relax after a hard day of work?
1: Okay, so my biggest passion is running. I have here in Haifa a great running crew grou- group. We call the Right to Movement. We're trying to tell a different story. So, if anyone is in Haifa, you're all welcome to run with us. But. In general, I recommend you running. I think it's the best thing to relax and to get stuff out of your head.
0: All right. Thank you very much for joining us today. To both Katharina and our audience, come back to the link where you found this podcast to tune in for our next interview coming soon. I'll pour us another sip, and then you can tell me more about this running group. But I can't promise you that I'll join you today.
1: Anyway, why not? I mean, cheers, first of all. We should really consider running, like for a PhD. I think it's crucial to also have something that balances you. And running is really good, why not? What, what's holding you back from running? No, well, I'm taking the interview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a good question, but I actually do sports, just not running because that makes me squeak, unfortunately. But I do